Hello, everyone out there in Lasso land. This is the Peanut Butter and Biscuits, a Ted Lasso fan cast podcast. How are you today? I'm excited for this episode, maybe more so than I am normally for a Front Row Network pod. I'm going to be your host for this show. I am Craig. I'm joined today. It's kind of like Biscuits with the Boss Day. I'm joined by the editor-in-chief <laughs> of the Front Row Network, Jeremy Geckner. How are you, boss? I am good. I am ashamed that I don't have any shortbread cookies in front of me, but if I did, uh, it would be a lot better, just like Ted here, and I'm so psyched to talk about episode two of season two. Absolutely. So if you joined us last week, you probably heard us be very excited about Ted Lasso. And (laughs) I wanted to spend just a minute up top here talking about how this came to be. So literally, I had been thinking about doing a Ted Lasso after show rewatch podcast um, basically for a year now and just didn't have the inspiration I needed to finally jump into it. Jeremy and I start talking about Ted Lasso last week. I think you hear in that conversation, we were both really amped to do this <laughs> show. And so here we are a week later. You will see that this is going to appear on the Front Row Network main feed. However, I would encourage you, if you want to continue listening to these, this will be the last one that appears on the main feed. Everything else will go to our new show, Peanut Butter and Biscuits, Just search for it anywhere you find podcasts (laughs) and uh, you will find us there. We are so excited to go off on this journey. Why, Why peanut butter and biscuits, Jeremy? Well, because Ted Lasso, of course, famously always leaves an unopened jar or an open jar of peanut butter on his countertop to, you know, just in case he ever wants a wants a finger full of peanut butter, um, which Roy Kent originally says is a good idea and then is kind of put off by that fact uh, when Ted offers it to him. And of course, because he gives Rebecca biscuits every single day, peanut butter and biscuits, you got to think of Ted Lasso. Absolutely. We're excited for this. This is going to be a different kind of episode for me, more in the vein of your Are You Afraid of the Podcast (laughs) listeners, because you and Sarah really go and recap the episode. That's exactly what we're going to do. So every time you hear this, we expect it to be the best part of your week because you just finished watching Ted Lasso. Exactly. So you're excited. And you want to hear us talk about the episode that you just saw. So I should say, and we will probably mention this at the top, but we are going to talk about the entire episode. We do encourage you to watch along with us and just enjoy what this show has to offer. And uh, if you have suggestions for what we should do with these shows, please, please uh, contact us through either the Front Row Network's social media. We probably will get some social media going for this show as well. And then uh, we also do have an email address and that is frontrowlasso at gmail.com. So you can check us out there. You can send us emails and tell us all about your love for all things Ted Lasso. But let's go ahead and get into this now. So we open this episode, episode two, I should also mention a disclaimer here that uh, Jeremy and I are working ahead of the curve a little bit. We have access to some future episodes, but we are going to strictly talk about episode two here, Jeremy. We are going to lock our actor people in, our acting training in here and act like we haven't seen anything but episode two here. (laughs) That's right. That's right. But we have... uh, opening up on a character that we did not see return in episode one. And that is, of course, Jamie Tart. (laughs) So we see Jamie on some garbage television. I love it because 
you know me, my love for Big Brother. Really this is right up your alley. Vibes <laughs> to me. Um, but we see that he is voted off whatever lustful island L- that Lust is. conquers all. <laughs> That's right. And then we get to follow him in the opening. This is one of the few openings, I think, of the show that we are not uh, seeing Ted Lasso prior to the credits rolling, the main theme song uh, rolling. So you do get to see Jamie. They put a really concise story together there where he's voted off the show. He's asked if he's going to rejoin Man City. Man City's uh, (laughs) manager or actually owner, I believe, tells him no way he's not coming back. And then he's kind of bereft and lost. What do you think about reintroducing Jamie Tart to the world here, Jeremy? Uh, You know, I I was, this is one of the big unanswered questions of of the first episode to me is like, the the end of season one like jamie is in such a place where we want to see what happens next to him um you know he, he makes the the goal that relegates richmond and then ted still gives him that amazing note telling him way to go on that pass after seeing his father mistreat him and you know like that was the big thing that even at the end of season one it's like i want to know what's happening to jamie here it looks like he's probably going to have an epiphany doesn't look like that quite kept because he <laughs> abandoned his soccer team to go on a, a reality tv show that's uh definitely more kind of lust island uh than big brother but still certainly in that vein um but you're right like the way they structure this interview that he's doing on this morning show is fantastic how he finds out man city's not bringing him back and his literal his response is just like oh <laughs> it's just phil dunster does not get enough credit for how how funny he is on this show but you're right the sequence though when he walks out of the studio and we get a very somber underscore and you can tell that this has affected him deeply and that, you know, he, he's kind of shook and that's going to be a thread that goes throughout this entire episode. And um, yeah, it's, just, it's a very, very disarming opening here. And then so- shortly after we have our opening, our official opening of the show, um, we get to see some of the talk between Leslie and Ted in regards to the doc, the sports psychologist that they brought in in the first episode that was kind of um, rubbing Ted the wrong way, if mm-hmm. you would say. And it's kind of a fun conversation that they get into where Ted is wanting Leslie to push back at him harder. I absolutely <laughs> love that conversation that he has. Uh, yeah. We also get a little bit of Roy Kent, a very little bit of Roy Kent, but he delivers such a perfect line about uh, maybe the lawnmower reminding Ted of a Dodge Ram. <laughs> a Dodge uh, Ram. <laughs> getting homesick. <laughs> just so great. So great. Yeah. Uh, but your thoughts on this goes again to that idea of psychology and the layers that this show presents, this conversation between Ted and uh, between Leslie, because you do get a bit more of that character of Ted coming through where he's trying to always be the positive reinforcement, but also trying to push people to stand up for themselves, but also to be them their better selves, I think. Am I reading yeah. too much into this? No, I don't think you are, because you're right. This is a very funny back and forth that Ted has with uh, with Higgins here, because he's you know, he's trying to be mad that Higgins has hired uh, Dr. Fieldstone full time here. Um, but he's he also knows that it's actually probably the best thing for the team. So he keeps telling, you know, Higgins, like, I'll oh, just check with me first. And he's like, of course, he's like, no, no, you don't need to do that and everything. And once Higgins finally figures out the game, it's pretty funny. <laughs> he's just like, no, I will not. And he just gets beard, just gives him that little thumbs up. It's so fantastic. Um, but it, it is one of those things, though, that you're starting to see that Ted 
you see it a little bit in the first episode, but here in the second episode, you're really starting to get it that he really doesn't have a, a like for psychiatrists and for psychology and, and, and therapy and stuff like that. We don't yet know why, but you can tell that like the more Dr. Fieldstone is around and the more that he specifically is around her, he's getting a little bit more and more flustered and, and it's not the normal self-confident Ted that we're used to seeing. Um, but these, these argument, th this whole bit between him and Higgins is, is absolutely hilarious. And again, just part of the charm of this show that they've perfected so much. One of the gags that you said you really enjoyed in the first episode was the gag of Leslie moving offices uh, yes. all over the place. <laughs> and this comes in to give me one of the favorite parts of this episode was when they talk about laughing Liam. Yes. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> That's so great. It just made me like, like the fact that everybody immediately knows, and we've all had that coworker who like clips their nails at work or oh. has this like obnoxious laugh or eats tuna salad uh, next to you for lunch. <laughs> Whatever the case may be, if you are that person out there, know that the rest of your coworkers know exactly who you are. Exactly. But uh, this was there's really nothing to say here necessarily, except for I wanted to mention it because you had talked about in our first episode about how this keeps coming up uh, and it is kind of a nice running gag they got going on. Yeah, but there's also the, so I, if we want to move on to something too, the conversation that Ted tries to initiate with Dr. Fieldstone, can we talk about that for a little bit here? Sure, absolutely. Because th this is a fascinating scene because the conversations that um, he's doing here, the actress, Sarah Niles, she is doing a wonderful job here of like playing this kind of detached personality, which is almost in, insanely the opposite of what Ted is. Ted is such an engaging person and he's basically trying to rerun the playbook he ran with Rebecca in season one giving her the biscuits trying to like tell her you know like initiate oh tell me what your favorite book is and all this and i i don't know about you craig but i was actually taken aback when she even said she was just like oh so this is how you get to know people and he's like it's very disarming it, it, you know like that and it, it's just kind of like ted is trying to run this play on her it seems like it seems like it seems so much more natural and charming with rebecca in season one but now we're we're kind of in like this it looks like he's trying to do something to her in this to try and get under her skin. Did you get that same thing? Absolutely. I think he's trying to kind of, uh, and, and she calls him out on it in a really good way. And I think that you'll see um, that relationship uh, become even more of that. But it's, it's like you get that sense that she is onto Ted's game and mm -hmm. she's challenging him in a way that he isn't often challenged. And yeah. that's why I think she's such a cool character. She's not yeah. necessarily an antagonist, but certainly in these first two episodes, uh, she comes off that way, right? And I think you can argue it a, a lot of different ways. But yeah, it, it's it's a fine line she's walking here where it's not it's not annoyed, it's not angry. It's literally just, oh, I see what you're doing. Like, I understand that. And, you know, and then she literally, I think she even says, I was just like, I hope we get to talk about this or something like that. And it's just, you know, Ted's not used to someone just like, you know, like stoically saying, oh, I see what you're doing here. The next character I really want to spend some time on because this episode gives us more Roy Kent. He's here, he's there, he's, he's everywhere every, yeah. in this episode <laughs> because we get to see a little bit of Roy literally everywhere. We get to see mm -hmm. um, his coaching, which is just wonderful. Yes. He, of course, <laughs> is the, uh, you know, he's the generation Xer who wants to be a boomer when it comes to participation trophies and yelling at these kids because of those. Um, and then we yeah. also get to see him as a commentator later on, which goes 
horrifically bad in a great way in the greatest <laughs> way possible because of course he can't watch his mouth while he's on television and then no. we also get to see a, a rather um somewhat awkward scene uh with keely <laughs> and roy and we finally get to see that announcement that is alluded to his retirement announcement uh that we hear about in episode one so i'm throwing all of roy kent at you right now jeremy <laughs> and you can take it whatever way you please um just Maybe not like Keeley. Uh, let's yeah, keep it, yeah, yeah. Keep it uh, family um, friendly. Brett Goldstein is an absolute treasure. I mean, just every single thing he does on this show is fantastic. Like even just little comments, like when they bring the trophies up and he just looks at the girl whose mother bought them and said, like, must be great to just burn money. <laughs> you know, stuff like that to these little nine-year-old girls, which is fantastic. But, you know, the, the big through line of this, even from the first episode is that, yeah, Keeley's trying to get him to be this pundit on uh, Sky Sports. And he's just completely, you know, um, resistant to it and stuff. And, you know, we usually just take in the first episode or so as like him just being, you know, typical surly Roy Kent. But he actually does kind of break it down a little bit at the end there. Just like, well, what if I'm not good at it? And that's something all of us can can relate to when you're trying something new, especially something that you might be passionate about. But of course, you're right. He brings his typical Roy Kent flair um, to it. He you know, does not care at all. And everybody loves him for it because he's just that thoroughly likable. It's a it's a continuation of his storyline from season one where yeah. he understands that he needs to sit out of that final game because uh, he's he just doesn't have it anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge realization that we get out of Roy Kent in season one. Um, and so I think it's more of a continuation of him as a character who is someone extremely guarded with mm -hmm. not only his relationships, but also with himself in uh kind of trying to put himself out there in a way that doesn't completely leave him open for criticism or for failure. And that's what I love so much about Roy Kent as a character. Again, these the depth that these characters have. Um, I will say that, again, the coaching scene for me was like the scene of the episode. Uh, it was just so funny um, and so on point for, for what we have. But now uh, moving into kind of the last thing we're going to talk about today, as far as a theme is concerned, there was a lot of moving pieces in this episode. And we see uh, Ted and Jamie have a bit of a heart to heart. In this fact, they one, are yeah. in someone's hand at the end of the bar. <laughs> and we get to see Ted tell Jamie, I think in a, a very Ted Lasso, very respectful way, that it is not a good idea for him to come back to the team. But then ultimately... We have a wonderful scene with the Diamond Dogs talking about what they should do with Jamie Tart and if they should bring him back to the club. And uh, ultimately, the last scene that we get in this episode is Jamie Tart's return. But in the meantime, we also see Sam appear to have taken that captain role over for the club from Roy and from Jamie. And he does not agree with this decision from Ted because, of course, we remember from season one that one of Jamie's major targets when he was being Jamie uh, was Sam. And so that's, again, a continuation for those characters. But I, I love the... Um, Again, the, the nuances that are done in that, like for Ted to realize, okay, on the surface, this is a terrible idea to bring him back. However, I think that it will be right for our club. It will be right for Jamie if we bring Jamie back onto the pitch. Uh, your thoughts on yeah. any of that storyline and how Jamie returns to the team? 
Yeah, there's a lot to dissect in this episode with Jamie. It really is. I, I think this really is the Jamie episode. Um, and again, Phil Dunster, just give him all the credit in the world here because he's given us in one episode the depth that we thought we needed from Jamie. It was really only in that first season, that scene where he burns his cleats, uh, where they're trying to exercise the ghost. That's the only time we really see beneath the surface of Jamie Tart in season one. And now... In this one episode, we get so much in there. You you talk about the scene in his agent's office where his agent is telling him, look, nobody wants you anymore, dude. Like, and, and it's not like Jamie can't know exactly why that's happening. And so then, yeah, he tries to get advice from Keeley and coming back to Richmond and stuff like that. But that conversation with Ted, you're right, is so, again, disarming. And I, I told you in our chat, like, you know, when, when Ted asked him how he is and he just quickly goes through like, I'm good. Yeah, I'm all right. You know, it's fine. And, you know, all the way down to like, no, I'm feeling pretty crappy. It's just one of those absolute comedic gold deliveries. Um, but you're right. Like Jamie, Jamie has to think that Ted is going to say yes here. Um, you know, because he knows that that's who, that's who Ted is. Ted helped people and he tried to help him and surely he's going to want to keep doing that. And Ted, to his credit, knows, like, look, Jamie, it wasn't just that you were like a hothead. You literally made people feel bad about themselves. And that is, of course, what you said, something that Sam brings up so well um, in that scene with Ted in the, in the locker room of nobody's made me feel worse about myself than Jamie did. And so it's not even just a, a, a chemistry issue on the field. It's a literal personal thing. But Ted ultimately makes that choice of bringing him back. And you wrote the quote down in our notes that, that you're right when he's in the office with the Diamond Dogs, you know, shouldn't the idea of never give up apply to people too? And so I think that Ted's main concern is always the person, is always the player. And he knows, and again, he even said it was Sam that talked about how proud his father was that Ted was his coach that said, and he said something like that in the office too, just like, you know, Sam got me to realize that he's got a great father, but not everybody does. And so I think Ted's knows what he's doing here in terms of this needs to happen for Jamie, you know, Jamie as a person needs to expand and this is how it's going to happen, but you're right. It's a danger. And it's the danger that beard mentions there, you know, he, he could really throw off the morale of this team. Um, and I, I don't know, you know, but like, you know, Phil Dunster in this episode is, fantastic he does an amazing job of giving us a vulnerable jamie for the first time and i gotta tell you it's, it's one of those things i cannot wait to see where his character goes this year i'm hoping that he does some amends making in the future because that's the only way this is gonna work i you know i will tell you i couldn't have said it better myself although i will tell you that those quotes in the notes that's for our new segment which is Tedisms. Mm -hmm. I want to, uh, yeah, we need to come up with some ridiculous <laughs> music here. Maybe like end in like a rodeo, like a lasso snap or something like that. Um, certainly we will come up with something as we go along here, but uh, I think we should end each episode of this podcast, just talking about our favorite quotes for the week. It doesn't necessarily have to be from Ted, but Honestly, the best quotes come from Ted. Always so from Ted. <laughs> uh, other than maybe I, honorable mention for me this week is definitely Roy saying it's the closest thing to a Dodge Ram because that <laughs> really made me laugh. Um, but I would say there's two quotes from Ted that I want to bring up. I'm going to bring up one of them now and then I'll give you a chance to bring up yours so I don't steal yours from you. Um, but number one for me is definitely that quote that you talked about. Shouldn't the idea of never give up apply to people too? And um, it is so, it cuts deep, you 
you know, like this mm-hmm. is a goofy, zany Ted Lasso show. And then they throw in something like that. That's like, yeah, it, it helps you self-reflect and think about others around you as well, that maybe you haven't given them enough credit. Uh, and it's just what I love about this show. So before I say my last one, I will let you uh, say any quote that you would like to in our Tedisms section. Yes, Tedisms. Uh, mine's actually a little long, but it's from the first conversation that um, Ted is having with Dr. Fieldstone in her office. And he starts, uh, she tells him about how she doesn't eat sugar. And that uh, she said that it was because, you know, some kind of personal reasons. I'm like, it would, it would make her crazy or something. And so Ted says that that's uh, video games for him. That's just like video games. And he has this insanely profound thing that, again, they do this sometimes on this show where they just say a really profound thing. But like they just move on, <laughs> like as somebody like gives them like a split second look and they move on. So she asks him what he means by that, and he says, "Quote: uh, It's just something in my life that I really enjoy. But then I pretend that preventing myself from having it is somehow making my life better. But in reality, all I'm doing is depriving myself of something that makes me happy instead of attempting to adjust my relationship to it. That is so damn deep. <laughs> like, I have no clue. Like." And it's true though, but it's like, you, you think about that. Everybody has something like that. And it's just, I I remember that just disarming me so much in this episode. I was like, wait, what did he just say? Like, I need to print that as a mantra somewhere. Um, And again, of course, Dr. Fieldstone's just like, "Hmm." so (laughs) that's my Tedism of the week. Oh, and I have one more. Uh, that one, first of all, thank you for bringing that up because I didn't want to write down that whole quote because I was trying to do this like watching it on my phone and doing all that too. But that is such a, a great moment. Um, and then also the sugar thing really comes back around later when they give her a package of bottled water as a basket of bottled waters. Know. Yeah. They don't know what to give her uh, yeah. because she doesn't eat sugar. Um, my last one, I had to do it. I'm the Disney guy. The fact that a Disney cartoons are mentioned in this show at all. This is paraphrasing potentially, because again, I was trying to get it all down as he was saying it, but most of my conspiracies revolve around the Freemasons because of some Disney cartoons I watched as a kid. <laughs> Absolutely love that quote, uh, of course, because I love my Disney. But this yeah. this has been a fun uh, little breakdown here. Yes. Uh, you know, it's a little bit more rapid fire than we're used to at the front row, but I like it. And this is what you can come to expect from this Ted Lasso show. So again, I ask you to please follow us on over to our own feed. This is the last time that this will appear in the front row network feed. That's you might right. be saying, why are you doing season two right now. Well, it's because you have the opportunity to watch season two from week to week. So this episode will be ready and waiting there for you uh, on Fridays Friday, for uh, Ted Lasso season two. And then we're going to have some time after this whatever, 10, 12, whatever episode season, we will go back and we will certainly talk about season one. Mm-hmm. And from there, uh, who else? Who knows what else we'll do on this podcast? But I'm just excited to talk Ted Lasso. Holy moly. We'll even maybe have some guests some week from the Front Row Network or from elsewhere. So just excited uh, so much. So thank you, Jeremy, for agreeing to join me on this journey. And thank you for giving us the uh, kick in the, the pants that we needed to get it started. <laughs> we always have good ideas and then just go. Don't look, just go, man. Who needs planning? <laughs> Nobody needs planning. That is right. So for peanut butter and biscuits, this is Craig. And I'm Jeremy. And remember, always be a goldfish.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Front Row Network, a proud Community Voices member of National Public Radio Illinois. For more from the Front Row Network, including our articles or our other dozens of shows, visit thefrontrownetwork.com or nprillinois.org slash programs slash network. You can also find us on social media by searching for the Front Row Network on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, and on Twitter at Front Row Reviews with a Z.